It's a bird. It's a plane. It's the Nostalgic Album Podcast with your hosts, Alex and Stovepipe. On this podcast, we listen to albums from our youth in order to feel young again, cool again, relevant again, and to have less back pain possible. Thank you for joining. Now let's get this thing started. Welcome to the Nostalgic Album Podcast. I'm Stovepipe. I'm Alex. Hey, I heard you missed us. We're back. We're back. This is going to be our tightest episode because I have a feeling we weren't disappointed on either end. And they were short records, so... Yeah, they were short and tight. So I noticed you have a lot of beer caps under piano and Ziploc bags. What's that all about? I wanted to do kind of a variant on that. Have you ever seen that, like, suburban, like... White picket fence thing where people put all their wine oh, corks yeah, yeah, in yeah, a yeah, big yeah. ass right. bottle. I wanted to do that with like <laughs> beer a, caps, with like a with beer caps yeah. and like a bottle, right? Like a brewer's bottle. Yeah, I just haven't bought the bottle yet. Right, that could look really cool. You wonder what context? I feel like a man cave should be the. It's. I think at this point, it's just going to be like a. It's going to be like a dumb change jar somewhere right. in my house. <laughs> <laughs> the um, drawn two, right? It should be. It's amazing how much more, how much better this laptop is. Yes, good tech helps. We've, uh, yeah. I believe we've ironed out the tech issues. I think so. And we'll say none more about it this week. We kind <laughs> of. Hopefully we flogged the horse to the point of exhaustion and right. we can leave them in the barn. I'm just looking at your uh, wave uh, <laughs> graphics and it's just perfect for both of us. They're the exact same, Sweet. you know, just little, not not too low, not too high. They're not going funk like a, <laughs> you know, when they hit the top and the mm-hmm. bottom of the bar yep. and it sounds like you're talking to an, through an old walkie talkie. Yep. Although sometimes that's fun. <laughs> yeah, Anywho, exactly. right. you brought beer this week, so what are we drinking? I wanted to get something that was like proto-Halloween, that was a, not totally Oktoberfest, but also had some spookiness, and they didn't have any good ciders, so we got Founders Four Giants, which I'm actually enjoying quite a bit. It's a heavy As alcohol am I. IPA. I'm gonna gonna sip it slow because right. this is. I gotta. I think I got to make this one last an entire episode. Me too. Normally I'm not I, cracking open another one. Normally I run through two, but uh, I don't think right. I don't think I have the stamina for that. No, no. Okay, beers out of the way. We're not going to cover how you can send us money for this beer anymore. It's all check check the Facebook. Yeah, and Instagram. Uh, you know that's something I did not do. Make a link tree. Which can get you to all those things. We're so, going to do it. Reminder. <laughs> What's on the uh, chopping block today? It looks, wow. A, besides being actually clean. It's not as clean as last week. No. Yeah, there's product. But uh, I have, up until, well, up until you walked in the door, my bench was empty. What's sitting there right now is a uh, build to sell. I just... Trying to clean some of the parts out, so yeah. I grabbed a, I grabbed a handful of parts and nice. started throwing them together. Realized I'm missing some of the things I want to do to spec it out, but right. 
that's not uh, that's it's built to sell, meaning someone didn't bring it into you to be. Nope, that was. Uh, I think the uh, if I remember right, the body was a gift from an old neighbor, okay. and the neck is one I got thrown at me from. It's a Frankenstein s- guitar. Yeah, and we're gonna. We're going to mess it up a little bit more so it's less distinguishable what brand right. it used to be. Right. And then well, you just brought me a guitar to paint black. Right. <laughs> and and it doesn't have to... You can make up a guitar brand and put it on top if you want. I It's an Ibanez. Three-fourths of the guitars I have not had good experiences with. I do like that guitar quite a bit. Uh, the pickup is abysmally terrible. Well, we can <laughs> fix that, too. I've got a few... So when you, um, well, you know, usually I pick a product, uh, since we brought up my guitar, what is it you're going to do? I want to paint it black and a new pickup. What is the first step to do that? What is the isolated first step? Step one, we have to, uh, in prepping it, we have to get all the hardware off of there. Okay. Knobs and knobs and tuners and buttons and various other shit. Yes, and then I got a, looks like that one's got a veneer on it, so I'm going to have to scuff that veneer up okay. and prime it to get the paint to look yeah. nice. But I saw the, 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 uh, what they call it, Cigar Brown. Isn't too bad on there. I mean, it's a little bit tobacco. generic tobacco, yeah. The tobacco burst. Yeah, I've seen worse, you know. Yeah, especially since that one's a fake one. Right, yes. <laughs> That's yeah. one they took off of, like, they got one that was actually sprayed and made a layer over vinyl yeah. of it really yeah if i tried to strip that off nothing really nothing good really would, goes. nothing would come with that so with every i guitar, might try it anyway but yeah uh so with every guitar you put on there is that just because you're painting it that you have to take all the hardware off yeah okay you don't right. want to get i either have to take it off or i have to carefully mask it Oh, right. Guess what I can do faster. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> one of those one of those rookie uh, things you probably learned and then take, never make the same mistake again. I can take 10 minutes and take this off, yeah. or I can take several hours and tape it all up and hope that none of my tape runs astray. <laughs> I'm going to take 10 minutes, right. and I'm going to take it apart and okay. put everything in a bag. You, you do your magic, man. Make sure you, uh, you hire Alex at your website. Which is MagneticHeartGuitars.com. That's yeah, that's a great website, too. You can schedule services. Right. And pay in advance. Yep. On the website. Yeah. So far, the only person who's taken advantage of that feature is me right. when I ran the test purchase. It was weird to pay myself $5 and then <laughs> refund myself said $5. I've done that, I've done that before with, with <laughs> Bandcamp purchases. Just to make sure it works. My head is going to hurt if I don't. My OCDs will kick in if I don't ask uh, of a of a resource that you use and what for. What is that uh, next to those pickups to the left? What is that red can uh, for? Yes. Uh, we'll grab it here. It's a uh, quick drying electronics cleaner. Okay. Which we use a lot of because part of every setup is making sure that all the right. electronics are clean and functioning properly right. so at some point if there is a back plate or anything i'll just pop that off and hose down everything you inside it. of it and shoot a little down inside the pots because they okay. get scratchy they get scratchy right 
Well, that makes sense. And that prolongs the life of all your things that receive the most wear and tear mm. on your instrument that isn't your strengths. That isn't your strengths. Well, cool. I like that game of what does this do? Mm-hmm. All right, Justin. Yes, sir. Tell us about your soap and... Do you have any new music coming? Yes, I have a new album coming out on October 30th. It will be at the Listing Room. Support your local venues. They now require vaccination uh, uh, cards, uh, but you don't have to wear masks if you're vaccinated inside. Uh, but that will be a good show with uh, the great Emily Peters Mark of Crane Wives fame and her solo work, uh, much different than the Crane Wives, which is kind of like folk folk pop rock type good stuff but her solo stuff is very different it actually matches very well with mine she does a lot of the dark folk stuff too but hasn't played it for a live audience and uh, we're going to be taking some promo pictures on sunday of us dressed like zombies nice. and then share that throughout october nice so that's the music and i'll be releasing an album called wicked good you can find out more at stovepipescaravan.com and for the soaps it's still a slow rollout but i had a pretty good week last week um, started off with the uh, heavy metal bar, the bringing back the uh, yep, <laughs> right, the uh, the uh, outlaw bar, uh, the wash off bullshit bar, a new one called the Clean Wolf as opposed to Teen Wolf, which is a shampoo mm. uh, for your whole body and beard. Just make sure you uh, don't use too many things right. that are too close to their trademark. Right. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's well, been 30 years since the show's been on the air, but we'll sue you anyway. Right. Once I make my, enough money to get sued, then, uh, then yeah, we'll right, revisit it. Right now, it's just a cease and desist it's, it's, letter. Yeah, hey, yeah. knock it off. Yeah, right. Um, and then there is... Uh, the, oh, the uh, Country Roads Bar, which smells like gasoline, cedar... Burnt rubber and leather seats, uh, and it actually smells really good. It doesn't smell like aviation fuel, does it? No, it's it just smells. Uh, it's it's pleasant. It's it's like a uh, if I would describe it compared to something else. You know, you just have to kind of get it. So stovepipesoaps.com. Uh, but it smells like gasoline and cedar without the horrible pungent smell and uh, without the uh, the super piney. Uh, you know, uh, out our bathroom in a old person's home smell. That was my attempt at a round the way John Denver's dead because oh. <laughs> oh, country you... roads in an experimental airplane crash. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now I get it. Oh, that's good. It's it's late when we taped this one, folks. They're yeah. not all going to land for everybody. No, that was a good one though. It was one of those ones where the explanation may have taken the humor away, but it was still interesting. The explanation's funnier than the joke. Than the joke. Uh, so we, uh, picked two albums that I feel like are very important to us. I'm going to break our rule. I had a very good time this week listening to these. I kind of figured. Yeah. Given your past, uh, gushings about your pick, which right. was. Third Eye Blind's debut. And I did Blue Oyster Cult's right. Agents of Fortune. Right. Did you have a good time which listening is, to it? I did. Okay, good. Then we're on the which same is, page. <laughs> Which is one of my favorite album covers of all yeah. time. I'll yep. spoil that question before we get on to this, which is heads or tails, heads my or tails. Oh, you know what? I'm, I, I enjoyed this experience so much, I don't even care. You pick it this time. All right, we'll call heads. Yeah. It's tails. So that means you're means first. you first. Oh, Jesus. Okay, good. <laughs> the younger mm. of our two... Uh, Albums will be seeing the light of day first. <laughs> Third Eye Blinds. Yes. 
and I just sniffed into the microphone. <laughs> Apologies, I just refilled my allergy medicine, and I'm two days off. So I'll try my best. We'll still make this a good time. Third Eye Blind. Third Eye Blind's self-titled debut album. Right. Did this album live up to the magic? It most certainly did. And I've listened to this one so often and so consistently since it first came out that it's not a complete uh, listen. But this is what I'll say. Uh, So it wasn't a new listen. What was new is that I listened to it to Agents of Fortune first, which I haven't heard in a long time. Mm -hmm. Loved it as a kid. But uh, while they're very different, the pro- the solid production value of Agents of Fortune made me more keen to production as a framework for listening to the Third Eye Blind album. And so I wasn't so much listening to lyrics or overall sound. I was listening to both isolated instruments and how they came together as a collective whole. And as a result... It was a very rewarding and renewed experience in that sense. So, so these two albums played off each other. In an interesting so that's way. much more in the way that I tend to listen to the right. things we pick, mm-hmm. where I'm I know nitpicking guitar tones right. and trying to figure out right. who played what. Or that's your that's your mo for <laughs> for this. Things I hate about this album: your guitar tone and the <laughs> drum tones. <laughs> right? Did you like the the production of Dreamboat Annie? Not as much as I wanted right. to. It's it was a little stiff. Yeah, yeah. I I was glad for, you picked that one to hear your production perspective, and I remember you having like a fine listening experience of that, but not. It wasn't as good as I wanted as you it wanted to be. it to be. Like, because that's one of those ones that's in the like it gets put in like the Rolling Stone book of right. a thousand albums you have to hear before yeah. you die right. and buy this album or you'll die completely mm. alone and worthless <laughs> which for the record about half of those probably aren't very good right, anymore yeah. <laughs> if we're honest <laughs> they're good journalists don't always have a good taste in music and it's Rolling Stone i mean yeah there yeah. are better there are better they less uh, devolved a bit for sure yeah don't know what the word I was looking for there, but Pitchfork is a little better despite their right. tendency to be snide right. for the and sake. And humorless. Snide and humorless. Okay. Right. <laughs> that was a long... So production... Well, no, I think the point is production is going to be the... Yeah, uh, that, was a, that was a long way around that first I mean, question. The, the nostalgia is almost irrelevant to these two albums. Kind of. Because we've, you've listened to Agents of Fortune a fair amount, well, regardless. That and Third Eye Blind is uh, mm-hmm. still... So, as a child of the 90s, mm-hmm. that album is ubiquitous. Like, that's that's my childhood right. on a on, yeah. like six-inch... CD, On a seat, right there. CD, yep, yep. So, uh, yeah, let's. Let, what do you got for me? Um, we, you know, you said you didn't listen so much to the lyrics. I, I could one. sing the whole album, but, to yeah, again, to end. yeah, you know, it's 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 ingrained up here. You don't yeah. need to, no. you know, like, you don't need to focus anymore. But some of those are unreal. I feel like that was kind of particularly in the era of the 90s right like 90s pop it mm-hmm. was kind of taboo in a good way right. to be that heady it was incredibly and, heady and, and literate yeah 
particularly on the subject of drug use. Right, yep. <laughs> and uh, I think half those songs are about suicide or heroin. Yep. And Stephen Jenkins uh, graduated from, uh, I believe it was UCLA, valedictorian in, in uh, language arts, humanities. Of course so he, he was, did. Yeah, so he was, he's a literate dude. Uh, but uh, so the lyrics are... Uh, yeah, and Neil Fallon from Clutch has a degree in like, natural history or something which is why oh, wow. clutch has some of the weirdest oh, most articulate right. rock lyrics right. i've ever heard and, and their and their meter is very solid mm -hmm. uh, too so love uh, that band so he seemed to have at least paid attention to his uh humanities classes and you know what uh we'll put a pin in this one but we need to do a uh and time has passed where it would make this possible albums by educated musicians you know, like yeah, Bad Religion, Offspring. I was going to say, we've already picked <laughs> albums by bands that included, you know, legitimate doctors right. of biochemistry. Yeah, 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 and Milo. And, um, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But we can continue doing that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we have, <coughs> I'm not sure if we've done Queen yet. We've not done Queen yet, no. See, but then you have Dr. Brian May, Dr. Brian May, astrophysicist, developer of the first stereo image of Pluto. That's right, yeah. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. He's way cooler than you think. Yeah, no, he most certainly is. And and British, so he's smarter than all of us with that type of... It's true. With that type of combination. That, you know, Queen aside and kind <laughs> of re-steering our ship as we tend to... <laughs> When we both That's what happens when we both really yeah, liked our albums. We both enjoyed our albums, so the train is kind the train, of... I know. We're not even halfway it's, into the drinks I, yet, and we're yeah. drunkenly swerving topics I know. Here. Maybe it's just this beer, but I think what it is is that... And then we will go back to the Third Eye Blind. But I think what it is is that when you weren't as blown away by it, mm -hmm. you try to still justify your listening experience of it. Uh, and so you nitpick, which keeps you more focused. Whereas with this one, these albums can almost do no wrong in our eyes. So we can that talk about whatever comes up. <laughs> that explains a little <laughs> bit why I tend to like things that I loved 10 years ago. Right. I'm like, you know, it's a solid C plus now. <laughs> I wish I could I'm, listen to this. Because right I'm sitting here with a heavily critical ear going, God, I hate that snare drum. Yeah. It's terrible. It's terrible. And I don't do that on this. Like, I didn't do that on this album. Yeah, the, the albums that could do no wrong mm -hmm. in your eyes. I have some I have some nitpicky things okay, that good. I found, but that's good because I won't notice them. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't be me without them. Right. Um what where was the first place you heard this? I heard this on MTV2, which was all music. Please tell me it was your friend Harold's basement. No, no, we Damn. By, by then by then we had Prime Star. Uh, we went because we went to Harold's basement for his music and, and his pool and also because he had a satellite. But then we got Prime Star, but I, and we had MTV2 and I saw Semi-Charmed Life and I thought it was a really good song and he has some you know Stephen Jenkins for a literary type still has some swagger mm -hmm. and it, that was showcased well in this video. He's got chin straps which look stupid but uh it was the 90s. It was the 90s and I've heard him make fun of said chin straps so you know he has a sense of humor about it. But I first heard it there. Uh, then I first heard, and I liked it, that I loved Jumper, which is now my least favorite song on here, but I loved it. How's it going to be? Bought the album. And you know those moments when you're like, this is going to be one of the mm -hmm. favorite albums of all time. I listened to it from beginning to end. Narcolepsy is what really brought me in. Um, 
and I have listened to this album uh, weekly, sometimes daily, uh, since 1999 until now, with a few breaks here and there. But yeah, I had a the first time. Blue had a similar effect for me because I. Yep. And we covered that album, too. Well, there was, yeah, there was something about the debut that I didn't want to like it. Right. Like, when it first came out. Right. And it was was so ubiquitous on the radio. Partly because my entire life, mostly, I find intense aversion to things that are popular until about 15 years after they're popular, which... You're still not going to catch me reading Harry Potter, okay. but it's about that time. Right. Um, right. So the bandwagon. Yep. So now to I kind of like to get on the bandwagon when I feel like the bandwagon is empty. Right. And then I can feel like Watch it's True Detective like five years later. Yeah. Give me 15 years and I'll be way into uh, true crime <coughs> podcasts. That was an allergy cough, not a COVID cough, kids. Mm-hmm. We could just get Justin's <laughs> hand on his mute button. Yeah, I know. Just keep punching it every time. <laughs> All right. Favorite songs? Oh, Lord. Um, the Background's my favorite song on this album. I think that song is as good as... Uh, uh, you talk about dr- songs that have... That are he- heavily drug influenced yet literary mm-hmm. um and i heard somebody say that semi-charmed life was third eye or the 90s answer to walk on the wild side by lou reed totally disagree with that that does not have the patience the slowness the mystery no. it sounds like you're doing a bunch of crystal meth and having weird sex because that's what the song's about <laughs> whereas walk on the wild side feels like a slow walk into you know walk the, on the, the pits of new york is, yeah it's Plus, it's not nearly as right. lyrically taboo as Walk on the Wild right. Side. I mean, yeah. Lou Reed had the unmitigated audacity to say right. colored girls in right. a song yep. and yep. get it on the radio. Yeah. And sing about transgender. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, For it, all the stupid, weird, avant-garde things that make right. you want to dismiss Lou right. Reed, yeah. he does things like that. I know. And then you're, you kind of go... yeah. Okay, I guess you can do whatever oh, weird no, he thing is. you just did. Yeah, no, and and and, and his bad songs it. are make the the good ones even better mm-hmm. to listen to. The the background, as far as I can tell, is about a a toxic couple um, who's always around town, getting into trouble, who are kind of known for being horrible together, but kind of entertaining. And unfortunately, one of them dies of a drug overdose. As, as far as I can tell, the couple that fights everywhere right. they go, or she at least goes to the hospital for an overdose. And um, and and I feel like this song is almost close. It's not quite like Walking the Wild Side, but it has the patience. The, the walk into despair, mm-hmm. but also the uh, it's a beautiful song. It's flawlessly produced. Uh, there's not a false note in it. And also there's no fat to trim on this song. And uh, that part, you know, at the end where he goes, is uh, um, I've known you long after we've been through. And you hear that soaring thing. Your mm-hmm. heart just breaks. You feel like you're next to the girl who's ODing on the table and um and but at the same time you kind of feel in love a little bit like the guy probably mm-hmm. did for his fucked up girlfriend uh so that's the song i've never had a, a girlfriend who is who's been toxic in that way of, of drug overdosing but i've been in situations where you need to get out of it 
but you still love them even though they're making horrible decisions. And this song, mm-hmm. it, you know, it nails right it. there. Yeah, I, I think that is a beautiful, beautiful song. Least uh, favorite songs, and then we'll move on to that sad kid in the elevator. Yeah, uh, least favorite song. Oh, the wayfish, the wayfish boy, in the, the wayfish, the wayfish boy child in the elevator. Uh, the least favorite song would be Jumper because I think the guitar solo is great. Uh, I think the yeah, 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 yeah is great. I think that in an album that is as literarily liter is has such a rich literary bend to it, that has such a uh, um, beautiful approach to dep- human depravity, uh, that song comes off as a little bit shallow. It just sounds like uh, mm-hmm. a song like "Hey, write Third Eye Blind, write a song about how suicide sucks." Okay, I wish you would step out. So I actually hate the entire song except when he says "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And the rest of the song is pretty good after that. It's the uh, it's the filler track it's that the, the album the never track. needed, right? And yet somehow it was like a number one single for like eight weeks or something. It's what propelled them into fame. Um, besides the, the it still one. pays the mortgage. Yeah, but I did not. I skipped it, uh, and Does, I usually do. Uh, Does he hate it as much as Brian Vanderark hates playing the freshman? The freshman, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the best tangential things that I have seen in recent. Weeks was, uh, I think it was, uh, he took a video in the Brian Vanderark took a video of, I think it was his kid in the backseat of the car. <laughs> and every time he would start to play the freshman, the kid goes, No, <laughs> I mean, that's that's a good song, yeah, too. But it is, I, I mean, mean, I get it though. He, I, I completely agree with his kind of like yeah. worn out perspective of. Right. I like the song because it plays my pays my mortgage. But right. God, I'm sick of playing it. Yeah, and there's better. It doesn't speak to their entire catalog. Mm-hmm. So no, especially the last couple of albums, which were outstanding. Mm-hmm. I will I will say that now. Right. Okay, tiny wayfish child in the elevator. I've spared you long enough. I would I would say that I mean the '90s are really oddly popular with wayfish young children right now. So I would say. Uh, Listen to the album from beginning to end. Uh, do not listen to it in isolation at all. Like, don't come back to it. Listen to it from beginning to end. And I would say, um, as much as he's interested in this perspective, listen to the production of it because uh, that's the reason. I th- the lyrics are great. I think Stephen Jenkins has great chutzpah. Uh, they write about interesting things. It's amazing this album was on the radio, I think, because it is poppy and fun, but a lot of poppy fun music it is poppy fun and literate but a lot of poppy fun literate music don't get on the radio it's usually not terribly literate the fun wears out quickly and yeah it's poppy but it's more earwormy i would argue than poppy a lot of music like pop is a good thing so i would say um really taking the production element and uh um and then find your you had your question of your favorite song. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say find your favorite song on here because this album is just a bunch of potentially favorite songs on here. And then I would um, uh, give them like a candy bar, which is creepy now that I say that out loud to give kids candy. But I Why? would in, I would really want him to like kid forty five days. That's pretty much all we're gonna oh, do. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> I would I would like say like sit down, have a Snickers bar, and really enjoy this album, kid. Because it is a superbly produced 
beautiful, beautiful album. America and it, it has is co-opted the holiday on the premise of giving children <laughs> candy. Giving, giving waifish children uh, enclosed quarters uh, candy. Uh, I will say this is my favorite album of all time. And uh, I've never really said that before. I've said it's amongst my favorites. But having listened to it uh, with a more ear for production based on what your selection mm-hmm. was, combined with my already deep appreciation, I'm like, yeah, this album is my favorite album of all time. Mm-hmm. It's an excellent choice for a favorite of all time. Yeah. We'll have to see how long it takes you to dethrone that. <laughs> I don't think I w- I really don't think I will. I'm trying to remember if you've declared anything else in our I don't almost think I... year worth of episodes. Yeah. I don't think I have. I think I've said Lemonheads is my favorite band of all time, but I like this better than any Lemonheads album, I even thought. though I think Lemonheads is throughout their whole career a better band uh, i guess i mean i maybe i should so listen to more was a better band purporting himself as the lemon right right yeah yeah exactly uh solo artist so um so uh my first question is what perspective did you uh bring possibly a renewed perspective to an album you've listened to a hundred times and two um a hundred times is way low yeah you're right yeah here. i guess two is uh i know that's my question what uh a did you enjoy this and b what did you bring any sort of new perspective I, listening to it i enjoyed it particularly the first time in kind of like the blank way that i usually mm-hmm. enjoy it like just kind right. of throw it on and right don't really because you don't have to skip anything you don't know there are you know there are tracks i could skip right and i could feel like skipping but there's not a necessity to it it's not like it's not like um Oh, let's see, like Sticky Fingers last week, where right. when I was talking about, you might as well skip the last five minutes of Can yeah. You Hear Me Knocking, because it's right. just a like three-quarter there's, speed. There's, there's some fat on the bones on that one. <laughs> there's a three-quarter, it's a three-quarter speed, four-minute blues wank. Right. And, and or the Blues one. wank, that's <laughs> really quite an awful way it's, of putting it. it it's, <laughs> I know uh, what you mean. Or, uh, the the whole reason anybody wants people to play Freebird is right. the last three minutes are a tour de force of triple harmony, right. high speed yeah. guitar, and you want to see someone crash and burn while trying to play all those pentatonics. All those pentatonics, yeah. <laughs> but the second time was kind of like the critical ear mm-hmm. where I was kind of hearing some of that kind of boxy-ish okay like 90s production where it was like give a give an example uh of a, of a song or a like moment the fight between compression and trying right. to make this still we have pro tools now but we want it to sound like it was recorded yeah. in a garage right yeah and th- there isn't compression there's not dynamics uh, well no i think there no. is dynamics but they're more instrument based than i mean production based in certain places, graduates one of those songs because okay. it's a little, it's almost a little dumpy. Yeah, I can and see that. And actually, the song that I wanted to circle back to and talk about how good that I, I never kind of remember it is. Yeah, motorcycle drive. Oh, such a good one, song. It's one of those songs that's got that weird like right. '90s shoeboxy production mm-hmm. on it, kind of almost right. like. We can't make it sound too nice. No. Let's put some st- artificial static on yeah. it. Yeah. And... 
instruments. But but the instruments gave it dynamics. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is you're right. The '90s approach to dynamics and compression was bad, and we've fortunately improved since then. But even amongst Still that, I'd argue is the early 2000s metal approach to oh right, yeah. which is put it on everything, yeah, right. everywhere, all right. of the time, right now. Can we right. make this sound like it's screaming through a tunnel? Through a tunnel. No. But uh, I can't. So did you like Motorcycle Drive-By? I do. I yeah, it's a great song, song. But it's got a little bit of that kind of mm-hmm. wumpy, sad production. Right. Yeah, I can see that. It's when the it really takes when the drum, you know, yeah. Uh, no, that's uh, never been so alive. So who's the soul I want to know? New York City. When it hits that, that's a that's a pretty solid. Mm-hmm. You know, they're working in yeah. a, a a since improved upon recording technique of of or a philosophy regarding uh, compression, and they still make a great song because yep. the instrument playing is mm-hmm. fantastic in the production. Compression is there to squash unwanted mm-hmm. noise. And right. now that producers understand that, it's right. not, hey, we can crank the distortion up to 10,000 and just right. squash it until it sounds right. okay-ish. Right, the, the middle's taken out of it. The middle's gone, which is right. where, if you've ever watched an interview with Carrie King, mm-hmm. he says, why would you want to, he said, uh, there was one I watched or read with him where somebody asked him if he scooped all his mids mm-hmm. and he said, fuck no. <laughs> Look at my EQ. If you scoop yeah. your mids, that's a happy face. That's a happy this face, This is right? metal. You boost the mids yeah. because then it makes an angry face. It makes face. an angry face. That's great. <laughs> and that's where all and that's where all the meat of your guitar is, yeah. is in the mid range. Yeah. So you boost those. Yeah. And that's how you get through the mix, kids. Yeah. That's actually a great. Uh, that's a great articulation of that. And a Kaler tremolo is how you get Rick Rubin to walk down the street and, or walk down the hall in the studio and have <laughs> you record possibly the worst guitar solo in yeah. all of hip hop. Yeah. No sleep till Brooklyn. Right. Oh yeah. Dan. <laughs> but that's also what happens when your producer is recording a hip hop act on the hall. Right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Hey, I need. 40 seconds of something and he comes in and <laughs> right weedly weedly yeah i know tremolo for 40 seconds which yeah. if you're drunk enough it's great fun yeah but it's not a particularly articulate no no it's it's not a, it's not a careful it's, it's uh, not a careful craft of solo no. but How's it gonna be has one yeah. of my favorite melodies and i still like that all song. time yeah which like one that just the general, yeah. that general guitar melody, yeah. the entire way through, yeah, that's right, is one of the most carefully crafted, yeah, concise. Like it's four notes. It's four notes, yeah, and it's like the most perfect four notes that have ever happened right. on a pop record, You're right? At least in 1997, yeah. Yeah, no, it sure is, and 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 I agree. That song, uh, I f- I feel like that song aged well. I was pleasantly surprised. That's one I skip over, mm-hmm. uh, or just don't pay attention to. But uh, I skip God of Wine a lot, because because I'm kind of like petered out. At yeah. The well, yeah, yeah. It, it takes you on a journey for like, sure. I don't have the patience for it anymore. Kind of right. But. 
Yeah, I mean, they. I mean, I do like God of Wine, but they they could have ending on Motorcycle Drive By would have made more sense because that's. I mean, the background is a pretty miserable song, and then Motorcycle Drive By does end on a hopeful note, and then God of Wine depresses you again. <laughs> Burning Man's another one. Yeah, oh, it's such a good song. Yeah, it's but it's got that yeah. kind of squashy oddball '90s EQ thing going on. That, yeah, the, uh, with the guitar, especially at the end, because they because it, it well, faults the, has a the, false ending. Yeah, the number of songs on this album that start with an acoustic guitar kind of shocked right. me again. Yeah, when I was like actually sitting there, kind of going, "Hmm." Another classic '90s trope where we right. start a pop song with a acoustic guitar. That, yeah. Anyway, here's Wonderwall. Yeah, right. Which was a joke I made in the car and Little Man didn't laugh. <laughs> he'll get there. In about 10 years. That'll he'll be start. Funny. Yeah, he'll start. Or he'll tell me to stop because I make that joke all the time. <laughs> anyway, here's Wonderwall. <laughs> so, um what's your what's your favorite song uh at the end of the day or least favorite song at the end of the day on this album? Then we'll go to the mm-hmm. Wayfish Kid. Wayfish Kid. <laughs> Least favorite song is probably losing a whole year. Yeah. It's kind of a, it's a floppy opener yeah. a little bit. Just, I mean, you could have opened with narcolepsy and buried that in the middle. That's it's a hard, I still not really, right. but I always kind of like my brain tells me to go open with a radio track. Right. And then. Hit another one in the middle. Right. Your singles should be the beginning, the middle, right, or beginning two in the middle and right. one on the end, right on the end, because then it makes you want to go buy the next record, right. But he also does the rap thing, and actually, I'm surprised how well the rap thing has aged because a lot of people like him. You know, white late '90s dudes the, with chin strap beards, right? With chin strap beards, the rap part with his, I think it works because he has the lisp. You know, mm-hmm. the, he does lack the machismo, uh, the, the toxic machismo of like Fred Durst, who I enjoy. <laughs> Let's be clear. Who now looks like yeah. somebody's uncle who right. bought out a members only store. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, he most certainly does. Yeah. But th- there is a charm to that. But I, I wasn't I can listen to Limp Biscuit album and, and um, or not other examples where they will sing a normal melody, then rap. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, God, I'm glad that's done. But in this one, I thought it added to it. Losing a whole year, that's probably the one that, it's not my least favorite, but it's the one um, I think about the least. It gets me excited because it means I get to listen to the whole album. Mm-hmm. But it's it's not a deep song. Uh, it doesn't speak well for the rest of the album because it's mostly him kind of rapping. and Whereas the rest of the album... That's just one of many mm-hmm. tools in his yep. in his toolbox. But uh, so that's your least favorite. What's your le- your favorite one? My favorite's kind of a toss up between either motorcycle drive by mm-hmm. or how's it gonna be? Right. I you know that I'm, one hit you as a guitar player. Every time I'm a sucker for a tasteful guitar melody, right. and that one's it. Yeah. That and off of blue actually. Um, Oh crap! What's the name of the song? Do, 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 do. You know what? I don't remember. Never mind. We'll talk to the Wayfish Kid in the elevator. Um, did Did you go through a breakup that reminded you of uh, How's It Gonna Be? The, no. Okay. It It didn't connect with you on a 
romantic my, level. I do have a story related. Okay, uh, was yeah. that? Let's hear it. That might have been semi charmed life. Yeah, do the story. Then what would you say? My, the wayfish kid. My ex wanted to get a couple's tattoo uh-huh. of one of these songs, right? And so now that, like that particular passage, every once in a while I go, right. Thank God that's over. Right. But uh, I have that with such great heights by the Postal Service, which I love them. I love that song. Kinda, but my my former wife uh, and I used to cover that one. Kind of soiled that it, one it for me it. a little yeah, bit. Yeah. But uh, we'll be fine in like two more years. You know, we'll be able to listen to those mm-hmm. respective. Oh, tunes. I can listen to it just you fine. Can, okay, but right. it's just every once like yeah. it's kind of like really glad my life didn't go that way <laughs> right yeah but uh glad that, glad that ended as it glad did. that ship sailed after copious alcohol <laughs> therapy and finally meeting the right person right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but wayfish child in the elevator you were born about 30 years too late to right yeah experience. i picture the wayfish child being like night like a 19 like his experience a little mm. of the world but not nearly enough Wayfish teen poor, in an poor elevator. Little turd. <laughs> poor, poor kid. As we devise his poor, sad life. That's become my favorite part of the podcast is the wayfish child because <laughs> wayfish I have such a clear image of what he well, would look he's like, just based so... in part on kids I've met who've had to listen to me, you know, berate them, <laughs> berate them for their musical taste or uh, or other things. Um, we need to have our, our friend Casty Ray Warner mm-hmm. make a wayfish child icon for us to. To put up, I should probably message her about that. See oh, what, God. see how backed up she is on yeah. commissions. I just, I have it in my mind. She's a so terrific hard. artist, she and is. she deserves to be as busy as she wants to be. Yeah, she's designed three of my tattoos. Oh, nice! And you should get a wayfish child tattoo. Maybe. <laughs> um, that might not age very well. Like, no. Why do you have a kid on your arm? Why do you have a strange wayfish <laughs> child on your next to an elevator keypad? Anyhow, yeah, yeah, what kid, you say? You were born you son of a bitch. thirty years too late <laughs> to understand this when it came out. Yeah, but the message fits who you are now. Right? Yes, it does. Please don't do any of the recreational drugs involved in this <laughs> yeah. record. Stay away from people who don't date anyone who would either, or date any of the people who are currently doing them. Yeah, but listen to this. Come back and you tell me right how much this matched what you're feeling right. yeah it'd be interesting to know uh you know sometimes you play an album for somebody and the sound of it is so dated mm-hmm. that they don't get anywhere with it and sometimes you aren't surprised by it and sometimes you are totally surprised uh and then other times you're totally curious like i wonder what he's gonna think about this what it, what impulse is gonna <laughs> be released in in reaction to his first listen to this. The wayfish child turns into yeah. Glenn Danzig and snaps <laughs> the record snaps over her. her head. He'll probably, yeah, he'll probably do that to all the albums we bring You stupid yeah. son of a bitch. This was awful. It was awful. But I, I would, this is one album where I would approach poor, the poor fella with complete curiosity. Like, what do you think about this? Because I don't think mm-hmm. I can predict someone's reaction. That's it's, how... It's hard. I mean, the subject matter is so... Yeah. Not pop music. No. That you really wonder how it could ever have made top 40 radio. Right. And I think it was either Pitchfork or Stereo Gum 
who that's said another good place to go that's not Rolling Stone for your right. uh, yeah. album recommendations. Right. Yeah, yeah. They one of them said if this album was released in the aughts, it would have been on a like a like an indie label like Saddle Creek or. Uh, you know, a, a label that had the large distribution, but was definitely indie. And I agree with that. It's I, the lighter side of tooth and nail. Right. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. Love tooth and nail, me, though. I know. Me too. We, that's another Fueled one we have Fueled by ramen. Yep. Fueled by ramen. For Roman's your uh, Christian pop punk. Yep. Starting in their dorm room. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think this album would not have, it would have been very popular, uh, in the, in the indie, indie scene, but would not have made top 40 radio if it was no. released in the odds. And often when I talk to people who I say, they say, what's your favorite album of all time? This one is, and they look surprised. It might have gotten canceled yeah. if it was released at the right oh, yeah, portion yeah. of, uh... No, there's some, there's, there's some points, but even that, I mean, the whole, in the, within the context of the album, it, it resolves itself so it's not simply offensive but yeah. anyway i i could talk forever about this album let's move uh, on to the uh fortunately this other one strange good gentleman in blue oyster cult right uh when did you first hear this album high school mm-hmm. kind of you know that dawn of guitar another one of the ones that fell into that like birth of me as a guitar player because mm-hmm. it was you know as i'm like running around frantically trying to figure out what do I need to listen to? Mm-hmm. And particularly in high school when pretty much all I listened to was classic rock. Right. Yeah. Like that was it. And it was mostly REO Speedwagon yeah. and Sticks. Yeah, I stuff. was basically Billy Madison in an actual high school body. <laughs> he comes out in his Camaro and. Yep. Uh, Woo. Oh God. That's so funny. <laughs> I didn't have the three-quarter sleeve REO shirt, <laughs> mostly because by the time I finally saw REO, it was a sad experience. But... Oh, that is a great scene, though. The kids don't even, they think he's such, he probably he's did that in his so... own high school and they thought he was cool. Oh, Comes yeah. Back years later, I think he's a big loser. Oh, yeah. He was cool the first time he wore that to <laughs> high school. Right. <laughs> yeah. The uh, is there is there a new perspective that you brought into this album that you've listened to many many times? Actually, yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I always kind of like my brain mm-hmm. always kind of lumped Blue Oyster Cult almost in like name alone mm-hmm. in kind of that same like prog rock right. run as like Rush and Yes mm-hmm. and because you don't see them on. A lot of metal guys battle fests. No, you hear a lot of metal bands who like these guys. Yes, yeah. And frankly, Buck Dharma is one of the most underrated, excellent guitar players yeah. that could have ever fallen is into he still a alive? band. He is. Yes, okay. Several members are not. Alan Lanier, among others. They, they were known for on... living it up. I've, I did some research. Well, when I finally saw them at a festival in two thousand and like. Three, okay. <laughs> Alan Lanier already looked like they had resurrected him twice and like propped him behind the keyboard. He was only like fifty-five. Like, <laughs> he makes Keith Rich. He made Keith Richards look young, oh, and it was like, bad. oh, yeah. <laughs> Steve Howe was the same way when I saw Yes. Like he yeah. came up on the jumbotron, and I had a visceral like, huh! yeah. <laughs> reaction. <laughs> like I went Keith. I went, I went uh, Hank Hill there for a second and just like, uh, <laughs> kind of a thing. 
<laughs> but it was listening to this album again. It's way more poppy than I remember. Yeah, it is. Particularly when it opens with like "This Ain't the Summer of Love," which just right that that chord progression mm-hmm. is bone simple. Right, it is like it. It's you know ride an open string and play two chords. Right, but. Eric Bloom has one of the best rock voices mm-hmm. that I've ever heard. Is he still in the band? He is. Okay. Uh, Julian Lennon was in the band last oh, really? I checked. Yeah, oh, nice. he was playing drums. God. That's cool. That is cool. I knew they I were think, still together. I just didn't know how they... Uh... I don't know what formation they're currently in, but I know he was in the band once. Okay. The uh, the, the horror aesthetic wasn't as strong on this one as no. some of was it? No, it's it pretty much a classic. I mean, the, the mm-hmm. even the front cover is more like mysterious, yeah. mystical, uh, almost like Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite. Oh, it's a great cover because it's he's got tarot cards on, it, right? Yeah, it's a butler holding tarot cards in an archway, right. which, for all intents and purposes, could be Lee Ving from the '80s movie adaptation of Clue, yeah. and or for those of you who are punks in the audience. Yeah. That is the same Lee Ving from the punk band Fear. Oh, really? No, same guy. Really? Really. Huh. <laughs> I, this, that is some trivia that will hopefully uh, perk the, the ears up of listeners. Has the best, some of the best lines in that movie. Yeah. Like, why not? It's only glass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Enter large Doberman yeah. and rain. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> Please don't ever remake that movie. It's priceless just right. the way it is. Stop trying. Yeah. Yeah, that's remaking perfect movies is never a good idea. Stop it. Yeah, it's that psycho remake. God, it was just atrocious. It was terrible. Um, the uh, I remember a lot of uh, sat- reading a bunch of Satanic Panic books growing up, and this was a band that they really went after which is funny because it's the goofiest band it's on the planet. so goofy i mean it's not they even wrote a song a about godzilla almost. right it's a great and song too took clips from the movie yep which that is such a good song that song is a clinic on how to play with your locking tremolo oh really it is all that all the crazy like guitar like yeah all that stuff it's Scraping your guitar across the mic stand while doing oh, a dive sweet. bomb, and it's That's awesome. It's a clinic in Foley art with a guitar, like right. before Tom Morello thought of doing it, right? Mostly because he was seventeen, right? But <laughs> <laughs> and shredding your face and off, shredding your face at off, Harvard right. while he was getting a political science yep, degree. Yep. You know, talk of. People with advanced degrees and big brains in yeah. rock music. Yeah. That's and then good. they've got, you know, this has got ETI, yeah. extraterrestrial yeah, it's intelligence. It's got uh, Don't Fear the Reaper. Right. Which, for those of you who love Will Ferrell, all right. now we all put our pants on the same way. Yeah. But when I do, I make gold records. Right, yeah. I got to have more cowbell. Yeah. Which is Christopher Walken, but it is Will Ferrell Bruce Dickinson owned- in it. Right, I'm Bruce Dickinson. Yes, the Bruce Dickinson. I think so. Even though that's uh, Iron Maiden lead singer, mm-hmm. it may be a different Dickinson, but it was like uh, 
Anyway. Yes. Will Farrell stole that sketch from Walken anyway with that right. cowbell performance. Oh, yeah. I mean, we yeah. got to hand that to well, him. Well, it's impossible to hear the song without hearing. I got to have more cowbell. <laughs> Whoever heard that one isolated track and decided to make. I mean, I'm kind of sick of it by now, but yeah. It, 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 uh, that, uh, but I mean, that song's still a good tune. Well, it's one of the, again, one of the best written songs I've heard in, right. you know, probably my whole life. It's a hyper simple chord progression i was trying to figure it out this morning i think it's a minor f g right yeah i think is that intro that's it and that's it and it's iconic yeah and the vocal harmonies are so subtle but they're there the mm-hmm. entire song all the time that's just a tiny tiny bit. so good yeah. right up there with the eagles and they're you know right i'm sure those are three part and not five part right harmonies, yeah right like the eagles right you want a harmony that'll melt your kneecaps. Yep. Seven Bridges Road by the Eagles. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> that one great, right yeah. at the beginning. Sure. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> that'll, that'll melt your kneecaps yeah. right right off. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if they ever met each other. It would have been, They would have been rub, rubbing shoulders to some extent. Somewhat. Totally different music. Completely. <laughs> the Eagles, discovered by David Geffen. Blue Oyster Cult, discovered by, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But it's got some. It's got a lot of the horror camp, like mm-hmm. tattoo vampire and sinful yep. love, and yep. And then they uh, amp it up as time goes on, and you get Joan Crawford and the Marshall Plan. And what's that album? It's such a good album. Um, I was that has uh, "Burning for You," Joan Crawford. That one really good song. Uh, I almost picked that one. There's one tune on there that's so good. Long ago and far away, I hear your voice. It's got great. You know what song I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. That I'm is trying such to find a good song. Other... That whole album is great. It sounds totally different than this one. I'm trying to find the other one. Long ago and far away. Because uh... I'll just sing it poorly while you look for it. Mm-hmm. Long ago and yow, yow. That's another way I t- we torture the kid in the elevator is singing, singing the poorly songs. singing sections of the song. I mean, often I, with the with the wrong lyrics. Long ago, one of the ones I'm picking ago. later, which has another, which has none of them, which is uh, Cultosaurus Erectus, yeah. but that's got Black Blade on it and yeah. the Marshall Plan. Huh. Um, oh, Fire of Unknown Origin. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, one. Yeah, that's a, that's a great one. Ve- that's got Veteran of the Psychic yep. Wars on it. Yep. Honestly, I this band it's like yeah, you go through their you go through their discography yeah. and there's five songs you know yep. on every album and how often right. does that happen anymore? No, no, not at all. And they were songs that were on the radio to to further the par- the uh, third eye blind parallels, songs that were on the radio where in a different time would not have been on the radio. And long ago and the, um, I said I wasn't going to go for two. But I, I, I'm definitely not going to. Please, I, and I'm going to leave the other one for you and your baby to enjoy together. Let's get yourself. <laughs> it's going to be really stale when he gets to drink that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. In 20 and a half years. Holy. There's the, the band I played drums for, Silver Styles. I, when, uh, I remember like uh, when COVID started, we took some time off. And finally came back and played with masks on. And I bought everybody a shot of whiskey simply to enjoy because life was so sucky at the time. And and me and 
the bassist Keith were so stressed out by that we just immediately chugged it down. And John, who's like kind of the super type A one of the band, left it there. He's like, I'm just gonna have it later. It's been there ever since. So every time I go to practice, I see this little shooter of benchmark whiskey uh, <laughs> that he's not drank. And I was thinking, like, that's going to be an age whiskey, but that's the kind of whiskey that aging isn't necessarily a good thing. Mm-hmm. But we're joking that he's one day he's just going to, like, pick it up and chug it and all of a sudden play this monster solo. <laughs> Funny story about yeah. that band. Yeah. Their last album release was a show you played as a solo artist with Murder Party at the old DAC. Oh, were you there? I was there. I was there with my, with my wife. wife. Your, your current wife and my, my, current my ex-wife wife. I was there with. <laughs> um, I photoed That's that right. show. They were a totally... Silver Styles is now more of like a Neil Young type thing. Back then they had a female singer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we Who approved. also went to Cornerstone. The female singer did? I had no clue. At least for a second. I did not know. She might have been smart enough to leave, unlike <laughs> us. Before before a lifetime of debt. Yeah. That's right. It was at the deck, and that whole neighborhood It's not a lifetime of now. debt. I have 10 years left, okay? That's <laughs> depressing. Yeah, that show was in a building which no longer exists That's because sad. that neighborhood doesn't exist anymore. Oh, that was a cool building. I mean, their new one is definitely better and a better investment. Yeah, it was uh, right up the street from the Iron Mustangs Clubhouse. Yep, and yep. Is that? Old Church. It's an old church. It was an old church. It had a really great kitchen downstairs. I mean, that could have been a I cool... Didn't, I didn't go downstairs, but... Was, yeah, they had this incredible uh, kitchen and uh, with, with, with great resources. It looked like they invested heavily in the kitchen, and then the church like had a split and closed. So <laughs> they're like, well, we now we're... At what point are you a church, and at what point are you just a building with a nice kitchen <laughs> downstairs? It depends. The what sanctuary was cleared out by the time oh, we yeah. were there. There weren't even pews left. It was, no. but it was a fun show. That was a fun show, yeah. And I enjoyed that particular iteration of Silver Styles, although it sounds like I will like the new. I, I think so. Yeah, no, it was a good. It was a good band. It was just so different than than what it is now. Mm-hmm. Well, it was very alt country. It was alt country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, but um, yes, I feel like that. There's an. Uh, there's something really funny about uh, not drinking alcohol immediately when you get it mm-hmm. and just leaving it. Like you're like, this is not like a rare Maker's Mark or like no. Jameson that was actually it's bottled Irish. Uh, it's a benchmark. You might as well chug it, but it's still sitting there waiting to be coughed. It's not the. Uh, it's not my bottle of Glenlivet 18 yeah, from right, my yeah. wedding that I'm yeah. saving yeah. until. Uh, I'm saving the last few glasses until my anniversary nice. or any of that stuff. But yeah. Okay, wayfish child in the elevator. <laughs> yeah, right. Now that we've segued to yeah. weird stuff that had nothing to do with Blue Oyster no. Cult, unless you have more questions. No, I think I think the uh, uh, I think the reason that came up. I have a feeling these albums we talk about nostalgic album. When you reach an album that really is nostalgic, and that it opens up your youth to you you tend to remember things that you had forgotten. Like, I kind of forgot about that show. I didn't. Uh, I have photos. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. Okay, well, that, that's Hundreds the of them. But I, but I guess the argument I'm trying to make is mm-hmm. that it's more rela- – it seems random, but it's more related. It's You're, you're digging into your memories. It's and that is inspired I think that by, was one of the first shows I shot of yours, shot like, at. right after we met. Yeah, yep. 
Yeah, I had the dog, that uh, backpack kit. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, I think I did your long road show. That's when we and, first chatted extensively. Yep, and then it was that one, right? In the timeline of our friendship, which has right. now led to this bizarre, silly podcast. This is right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which is purely for our own enjoyment. But thanks for hanging around. Thanks for hanging around. Ironed out our technical difficulties. <laughs> so yes, what would you say to the the poor the poor son of a bitch in the elevator? No, poor wayfish child. <laughs> There's no violence to come your way. However, <laughs> tread lightly. This is not to be listened to in a darkened room. Right, yeah. Although this one, you could actually almost get away with it. Yeah. But this is a master course Mm -hmm. in careful science rock song, like sci-fi rock song craft. Right, I can see that. Listen, enjoy, keep listening. That sounds like a good tagline for the podcast in general. Good night, everybody. Listen, enjoy, and keep listening. If I can deliver it every week. <laughs> it mixed in with wash your damn hands and get your damn vaccine. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Seriously, though. Yeah, seriously. Get the damn vaccine. Please. Please. Okay. Justin. Where were you the first time you heard this album? I yep. I had a friend. He was a complete nerd. Uh, it wasn't Harold Hatch. It was uh, Dang Cr- it. Chris Wheaton, and he was kind of like McLovin, where even the nerds were embarrassed of him. But I remember. Did he have a Hawaiian fake driver's license? No, no, no. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, what are you seal? No, he was just. I mean, he was so nerdy that even the nerds avoided him. But I didn't mind him, and I remember him recommending these guys. Well, that's where some of the coolest kids hang yeah. out. Is even the, even the unpopular, the untouchables are some of the coolest kids. Yeah, in this case he wasn't. As a but yeah, you're right. Untouchable. <laughs> right. This is one Allegedly of those cases. Untouchable, I guess. Yeah. Well, the, the, Chris Wheaton, uh, I agree with what you're saying. He was too nerdy to be even that. I mean, it was, <laughs> you know, Doctor Who before Doctor Who was cool type, uh, or maybe he was ahead of his time. But he he. Let me borrow Tyrannosaurus Erectus. And I didn't love it at the time. Yeah, I didn't have a frame of reference that allowed me to really understand it. But then I went to my, my, um, the Stover family had a a yard sale and garage sale at uh, the house where my aunt lives and my my dad grew up in. And uh, my aunt Terry had a bunch of records she was getting rid of. And I had just gotten a, my first CD player. uh, This was back when it was like a big unit, you know. Mm -hmm. And, oh, and, I remember them. Yeah. And I had a record player, but I didn't really think much of it. I thought records were what these things like old people listen to. And uh, but then I played it. and It was really fun. And watching the record spin was cool. So I bought a bunch of records off her and Blue Oyster Cults, uh, Agents of Fortune was one of them. And I went home and I just absolutely loved the album, especially E.T.I., don't fear the reaper. Really, I mean, really, the whole album. I enjoyed. I'd love to find a copy of this on vinyl, mm-hmm. even if it's a hundred and eighty gram repress. Yep. yep. I mean, this one that like, to the corner record shop. Yeah, <laughs> they're closed now, but we'll go in the morning. We'll go in the morning. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was definitely uh, a. Uh, I love the cover. I mean, those seventies albums were just so cool, and uh, it was. I remember talking to to Chris Wheaton about. The album, and he of course knew all the trivia behind it, and told mm-hmm. me what "Don't Fear the." Re- I didn't realize it was a suicide song until he explained to me. 
I thought it was a drug song for the right. longest and it, time. I'm sure it is to some degree. And, may, and maybe it's because I used right. to sing it, Don't Fear the Reefer. <laughs> Think of all the, <laughs> of all the stoners in the 70s who sang that as a joke. You know? I'm sure they did. Don't Fear the Reefer, reefer man. <laughs> Turn that disrespectful garbage <laughs> off. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's the first time I... Uh, that's the first time I heard it. What were your thoughts on it this time? Um, I was, um, I, I, I mean, ETI is still my favorite song just because it's, it's just so perfect. It's got that great wow, wow, intro. But then what it does, I mean, I hate jam band music because it literally has no change ups once they start jamming. Mm-hmm. With this one, when it started getting a little bit jammy, it did have a change up. It got more atmospheric. <laughs> it got it added more instruments into it. It did keep, you know, the similar guitar uh, solo, but it went in really interesting directions that um, were cushioned uh, and and improved by the atmospherics of the song. And that's and that's the thing I hate about so much jam band music is I feel like the once the guitar solo starts, that becomes center stage. And they lose sight of the importance of atmospherics, dynamics, uh, even even compression. Back then, mm-hmm. compression existed. Uh, whereas wasn't widely used. Wasn't widely they used. Had right, right. And whereas on this one, I felt like when the solo took off, it just got better and became more and more fun to listen to. And that realization made me uh, better appreciate how well this album is produced. And honestly, I think it's it's a lot more comparable to the Third Eye Blind album. Mm-hmm. A, I think this album is chock full of uh, more subtle but drunk references. <laughs> and uh, it's impeccably produced. There's no fat to trim on this one, just like the Third Eye Blind well, one does. 35 it. minutes. Right. Yep, yep. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the third eye blind one's like well, it's like it's a fifty. It's a fifty minute record, okay. So it, 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 there's a there's, large difference. Th- I'm sure there's some fat if we were to argue right. about if, it. If, but yeah, it's not it's not fatty enough to actually go. You literally don't need. You this literally song. don't need this. No, no, not at all. And and you could come to appreciate things that bored you mm-hmm. later on. But um, it's an album that I know was heavily played on. I didn't know this until I researched it, but it was heavily played on top top forty radio. Uh, and that was definitely a uh, marriage of, uh, of hard work and good timing because uh, uh, such hard work could have landed them without any radio play at all in a different time. Ask Rush. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who their first like four albums were basically all on deaf ears. Yep. And there's some of the best songcraft that isn't oh, Neil easy, Pert related. Easily, easily. Like Fly by Night, yep, mm-hmm. etc. But we'll digress because I'll pick Rush later. Rush, Rush later. But uh, I mean, it's just it, it's uh, uh, it's literary. I mean, it's a different type. It's more like science fiction type, mm-hmm. science fiction horror, it's sci-fi metal. Is sci-fi kind metal. Of what I call yep. it instead yep. of like prog rock because it doesn't really right. fit. No, it, it's not prog rock because this it's it's, it's tight. too short. Yeah, it's it's too short. <laughs> But um, it is it is literary. The songs are it has, uh, I mean Romeo and Juliet are together in eternity. Mm-hmm. I, I, obviously, they they had read some books, and that's right, kids. Yeah. A suicide pact between fourteen year olds <laughs> who'd been together three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah, I know. That's not, yeah, yeah. It's the original emo uh, Shakespeare. Uh, <laughs> 
but uh, yeah, it, it really. With this one, it was recorded, of course, all analog, and so the isolated mm-hmm. instruments. Actually, no, but but the third eye blind one was recorded all analog too. Yeah, uh, the the compression like is the, another story. It's but the dawn of Pro Tools. It's the dawn of Pro like Tools. Yeah, ninety seven, ninety eight. Yep. Because I, I did some research on how it was recorded, and it was definitely, uh, it wasn't just a dude with a laptop. It's two-inch tape, and mm-hmm. a guy yeah. who has to know when the reel ends. When the reel ends, right. Uh, so, uh, really, I mean, I had listened to this album so much as a kid, where I didn't have any brilliant realizations, but these two albums definitely made, each, they brought out the best in each other in my listening experience. And I like, I mean, there was, a, there was sci-fi, there was horror elements, it was fun. It's funny. Uh, the, the Third Eye Blind album isn't remotely funny, so that's a that's yeah, a difference. Well, but this album has a sense of humor. Uh, I feel like the Blue Oyster Cult guys would be the ones who have balloons and things in right, their shows. Yeah, yeah, and right. yeah, the Third Eye Blind guys are like, if you need help with the suicide prevention hotline, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, right. Download this. Our app. counselors are here in the are, back. Are here in the back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I but uh, the the biggest thing that that gave me a mutual appreciation of these albums and solidified them as uh, longtime favorites is that the focus is on the album as a whole. Uh, Eti and the Blue Oyster and and um, uh, don't don't fear, fear the Reaper. You can listen to in isolation, but even those I think are more rewarding when you listen to it from beginning to end. Don't fear the Reaper has one of my favorite outros of all time. Oh, when, it com- when it comes yeah. to like yeah. true meadly, meadly, meadly yeah. guitar solos, yeah. that's what does he, that. Meadly, he meadly. literally just like plays the same yeah. note on like a yep. super hard trill for like fifteen right. seconds, and, and it doesn't and sound like the the prior arrangement of the song. It's, no, it, it, it definitely goes into a different. It's completely. I think it's right. in a different key altogether. Yep. But then it comes back to the mm-hmm. original a little bit, and that's the thing. Like I try not to be old, irrelevant fart who says music was better when they were young, and I don't agree with that totally. I would say albums aren't the central way of listening to music anymore, and I do think that's a loss in part because it could distract somebody from listening to these two stellar albums. Albums were. I'll say kind of in that vein, albums were better when mm. your budget depended on you getting a good take and right. actually having right. talent. Exactly. When, there was, when edits were some guy with headphones and a <laughs> razor blade and scotch, right. tape, and scotch tape putting yeah. your song together because you did yeah. 57 right. cuts I in a that. cocaine-fueled overnight right. of trying to get this song right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I read a good article that was posted in, I believe, The Guardian this week about Steve Albini talking about just the, the structural difference with analog versus digital. And he's not really against digital anymore. But like the archival nature is really important with with analog, it tends to age better and survive. Mm-hmm. But also the whole experience and the requirements that analog puts on you, I think uh, that's the one thing you that I'm pretty there. steadfast. You 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 have, you to, have be there. to be there, which yeah. is kind of why, again, like in my brain, mm-hmm. it's one of the things I chalk up to, like why have I never 
written or bothered to put out a solo <laughs> album yeah. because I live in the digital age where right. I can do yeah. 5,000 takes, right. hate all of them, yeah. dump it, and do 5,000 right. more tomorrow, and it didn't cost me a it penny. It didn't cost you. And you could probably find someone to hire on the cheap <laughs> to fix <laughs> <laughs> I, know, the, if I really wanted to, I could send all my takes and yeah. say, "Here, cut this together. Yeah. Make me sound good. Yeah, and right. pay him a pile of money <laughs> or her a pile of money." Right. And in the tape age, yeah. here's a real two-inch tape. Right. We have thirty-seven minutes. Right. Yep. Yeah. This roll of tape costs thirty-five hundred dollars. Right. right. Get it now. Yeah. Or shut up. Or shut up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Kenny it's... Kenny uh, Aronoff on the... Uh, have, have you watched the Hired Gun documentary? No, a lot of you people. Should, my dad saw that. A lot of people really, told me it's really good. You really need to watch it's, that. Yeah. Kenny Aronoff, who was the drummer on John Mellencamp's yeah. Jack and Diane, yeah. tells the story. He had... They had fired him the day before, or John was firing him, mm-hmm. and he flipped out and was like am i your drummer or am i not your drummer i'll play for free mm-hmm. but you hired me i'm here i'm here right and then they did they cut jack and diane and john said we need a drum solo right and he went the fuck am i gonna solo on a ballad <laughs> all right yeah all right so i'm walking into the control room and i'm thinking okay you got 15 steps yeah 10 steps to save your career. <laughs> Five, yeah. three, yeah. two. I sat down at the stool yeah. and it hit and I just went right. and played those like the little yeah. tiny fill yeah. and that was it. Right. It's <laughs> a limitation not... that leads to, mm-hmm. to, to innovation. In its own that's, a, that's a magic you kind of lose right. with unlimited well, takes. You, you, you know, I, I agree with that. that and that's something that... Uh, um, I don't even care that much about how people listen to music anymore. I prefer vinyl unless it's like a, some sort of interactive uh, thing that I've seen some people do on digital in interesting mm-hmm. ways. But I, I prefer vinyl. I like CDs still uh, and and cassettes. Well, we're but old. We're old and, and irrelevant. But uh, <laughs> but the the idea of the album itself uh, that is something I'm I'm will always be an old fart about because I really do think it it puts a limitation on it that makes for better music uh, and all my favorite all my favorite uh well oh yeah all my favorite albums are albums <laughs> it sounds mm-hmm. trite I've, but that's true we've we've divested quite a bit from blue yeah. oyster cult but it was worthwhile yeah it was if you're yeah. still listening yeah that's right and, uh, so so uh yeah so wayfish kid okay wayfish kid in the elevator you've heard all you need to hear from that uh segue because this is from when albums were albums and not a collection right. of songs i would actually tell him to listen to this i would tell him the same thing about third eye blind because we're up to your wayfish kid in the right. elevator i've yeah. already beaten yeah. mine over the head with right. an album. He's, he's the same kid though right he's the same tortured soul uh who who hates old people because of us your yeah, kid gets <laughs> whacked in the head four times an episode <laughs> <laughs> yeah i would uh I would say uh, same thing. Listen to it from beginning to end, but I also say listen to the albums together and kind of uh, really have a good ear for production and and maybe even think about you know assuming that this kid listens to mostly singles that are released. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's the, every it's month. The, 
it's the wave of the future. It's the wave of the future, right. your, To release your album as a right. twelve thousand as a uh, twelve month cascade of singles. Right. I hate it so much. I it's hate the, that. It's approach. the Spotify spin model. Yeah. And much as I kind of fear treading on Spotify as we're as, yeah. listed there. Yeah. But uh, you can get paid more than one right. tenth of one thousandth yeah. of one hundredth of a penny yeah. per one hundred thousand spins. I know. There was a time when it used to happen. It used to and happen. To be fair, some of it is due to uh, labels not knowing how to handle right. paying artists for digital spin. Yeah. But, you know, there are people who've cracked the code. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we, you know, someday we'll all figure it out. And <laughs> Let's hope so. Maybe, just maybe, it'll be a fair playing field like uh, radio. I know. I know. I know I I concur. It's it's but uh, he says with a handful of hundreds stuffed in the record <laughs> jacket as he hands it to the jockey. Right. Yeah. 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 The payola. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I would I would say I would point out ETI specifically because I think that's a great song. But I would say listen to the whole thing beginning to end. Listen to the Third Eye Blind album from beginning to end and see how those two listening experiences enrich each other. That in itself, I feel like the kid has already lost interest in everything that I said. He's poor kid. He's just looking, you know, playing uh, some game. But yeah, whatever, Mister. (laughs) So next week, have you? Did we pick anything? We have not. We've been too busy being tangential about the state of music in general. What? uh, What should we do? I don't. We don't really. I mean, the themes are going to come in Halloween soon, so we. we I don't think we need. We'll to say theme. we'll salvage the Halloween yeah. ones. Yeah. Um. Scrolling as I frantic. It's sad because I've been looking for the for what I'm going to do for half this podcast. You know and what? Yeah, I'm going to pick. I'm scared to say this out loud, but I think. Uh, I'm going to pick the newsboys. Take me to your leader. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's a more risky choice than third eye blind, which I've listened to daily almost since 1999 where third eye blind. I've not our, uh, or, uh, newsboys. I've not listened to them or their album since probably 2001. So this will, yeah. So this could be really bad. idea. of, uh, risky picks. Yeah. We're going to go with, the only instrumental album oh, to nice. ever receive a parental advisory sticker, <laughs> Frank Zappa's Jazz from Hell. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's a good... Uh, <laughs> I've, I've not heard that album in any form, but I have heard about that being the case. Because so, uh, in the early days of the... Oh, we'll cover it later. <laughs> <laughs> the early days of tune in next week. Yeah, right, yeah. Tune in next, <laughs> the early days, tune next week. Well, kids, thank you so much for joining the Nostalgic Album Podcast. That I'm is... I'm I'm Alex. That is our show. Please be good to each other. Wash your hands. Get your vaccine. Wear your mask where indicated. And... Buy us alcohol. Buy us alcohol. And support your local venue. Support your local venues. Good night, everybody.